But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. You know what, Rob? I always wonder if that guy from the CBC knows he's in our in our YouTube podcast intro because he's just standing there, just just right on the side of the framing. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Nine by Nine. And just like Brett Walsh said, volleyball is volleyball, and this is the best eighty-one square meters of volleyball on the internet. My name is Everett Delorum. Joined joining me as always is the one, the only, the voice of the VLA, Mister Rob Saint Clair, coming down from Chicago. He's battling food poisoning. But he's still here. He's still here to talk some ball because we had a banger of a day today. Champions League was going off. Italian League was going off. There was an upset in the Sutunlar Ligi. Or no, sorry, not the Sutunlar Ligi. The Turkish Cup as Exazabasha loses their first game in almost a year in, in Turkey. So there's a lot to talk about. First and foremost, we got to take care of our own though. Rob, how are you feeling? How you doing? Are you, have you been able to eat yet? Uh, a little, a little, yeah. It's uh, if if you if you're trying to lose a little bit of weight before your wedding and look really good in a suit on your wedding day, uh, try getting food poisoning. Okay. There yeah, we go. That's a, there's there's certainly a plan there for you. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a rough couple of days, but I'm back here with with you, good people, to talk some ball. And uh, ever you already put it in the chat. Give us a like if today was the best day of Champions League this season. Strongly agree. Champions League today was absolutely phenomenal. Let's start off with the first match chronologically. Hawks Bank Ankara taking down Kachini Lubitschiva Denova, the match of those two pool winners. We've been looking forward to this matchup for a while because ever since pool play concluded, we knew this matchup was coming and it delivered. I am going to just gloat right off the bat that I called this. <laughs> um, I've been big on Hulk Bank uh, since this, we saw this matchup. I haven't been so big on Lube, and we saw exactly why today. I mean, after that first set, I was a little worried. I was like, well, my production might go, might not go so well, but dang it was Thomas Jaschke ever good. Oh my goodness. And while he was good, the rest of Lube was really bad. Their serve receive was absolutely atrocious. Nikolov, eight attempts. They targeted him eight times and yet aced five of them. That's, that's a disgusting stat right there. Uh, Lube only hit 38% as a team. That's a that's just a straight up hitting percentage, not even efficiency. And Hulk Bank at home gets the big 3 1 weed. Lead, weed. Uh, look, Guidino <laughs> over there. Just a big shout out there to uh, out of system. Yeah, big three, <laughs> a big three one win. They take the lead here in this uh, Champions League quarterfinal, and that was a massive win by the by the Turkish club. So we got to talk about Thomas Jeski first and foremost because that <laughs> that that mid season pickup was enormous. Obviously, uh, we've been talking about the potential of that of that move for months now. It's great to finally really see him on the Champions League stage at least. Jeski was tremendous. Uh, three aces, nineteen for thirty four attacking with just two errors. It's fifty percent attack efficiency. Uh, led the match in scoring. He was way better than Namir offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Namir got blocked eight times. Um, and so, yeah, Jeski more points on higher efficiency and less attempts than Namir and was just exactly the type of player and the balance in the Hulk Bank on- the offense that they've kind of needed. They've been able to just lean on Namir to get them to this point in Champions League. And now they've got another very legitimate weapon on the wings. Mm-hmm. And although the overall level of this match wasn't 
overwhelmingly high. It certainly wasn't as, as high as the other as the other Champions League match that we'll talk about later, mostly yeah. just because of how bad Lube was. It is promising for Hawkbank to win this game in this sort of way without Namir having really his best. No, yeah. And I mean you could tell, you could tell that Lube game plan for Namir. For right? sure. They they were ready for Namir. They know him so much better because they've seen him consistently over the past few years in the, in the Superliga. I know jsq has been there, but he just hasn't been as, as consistent. And man, did did he ever look good? I mean, we saw Bruno not looking so Nicolas Bruno, the Argentinian, not look so good. So they brought Miguel, who I thought was fantastic, was bombing serves from the baseline, but Jeski just looked fantastic. He looked really good. We've got Blair Lambert in the chat uh, saying that he looks better today against Lube than he did against Tokat over the weekend. I mean, hey, that's to be expected as the Turkish League the Turkish League is just finally getting underway uh, this weekend after that terrible uh, earthquake. So he got the jitters out against Tokat and balled out against Lube. Um, I also think that when you look at, like, I, I think that... Um, Lube blocks better on the left side than they, they do on the right side. Whether you have Gigant or, or Botolo or even Nikolov out there, they're all better blockers than Decheco and Zaitsev. You know, Zaitsev, especially now, isn't isn't a fantastic blocker. Uh, so I think that's exactly why JSG was just, A, they didn't game plan for him, and B, he was just out there carving him up on the left side because they had barely any block up against him. That's a pretty good point in that matchup. We've seen Lube move to Checo around as a blocker a lot the last couple of years since he's been there, uh, just to try to put him on their weakest hitter. And you're obviously not going to put him against Namir. So uh, good matchup identification there from from Hawkbank. I'll see if next week if they are able to defend against him any better. Jeski, that is. But it's not going to matter if you pass nine percent perfect as a team. And only twenty five percent, twenty five percent. So positive. bad, dude. So, so bad. bad. Nikolov, 0% in both categories, got subbed out immediately. Even Belasso, who's a world-class libero, 9% perfect, 14% positive. Like, that's just brutal. Marlon Yant, bad, but we expect that out of him. I mean, come on, Lube. I, I know it wasn't the best game we've ever seen Tacheco set, but when you pass the ball that poorly, you just don't even have a chance. No, absolutely. It seems to me like there's just no cohesiveness, no unity in in that uh, that passing line. Like every guy is just out there on an island, and that serve received for for Lube. And I mean, it's been a consistent a consistent issue for them all year long. But it was exceptionally bad today. And I mean, you have to also give it to Hulk Bank. That's a good serving team. Totally. When you look at Namir and Yigit and and. Uh, uh, Jeski, you know, even Mertmatic uh, does some good things. Of course, Ma'a, everyone talks about how, how good of an athlete and how, how good of an all-round player he is. Like, they continuously put you under pressure, and Lube was feeling it today. So, big, that's, I think that's a massive win for, for Hulk Bank just to get the, the, just to get the juices running, get the, get the flow going. They've been off for so long, and I also think it's just a massive win for, for Turkish volleyball in general. Agreed. Yeah, it's got to feel good for Turkish volleyball to get this win on the stage like this. It's been a while since a Turkish men's team has had any significant success in Champions League. I mean, I think I think it was actually this this same club, Hawkbank, that lost to Belgorod in the finals in like 2014 or 15 or whatever year that was when Belgorod was really good. I'm pretty sure they beat Hawkbank Ankara in the finals. I, I bet uh, I bet Blair in the chat would, would be able to confirm that. But it's been a while for Turkish men's volleyball. It's been that good. It definitely looks like Hawkbank has the inside track to go all the way to the semifinals, which is crazy uh, that it's looking likely they're going to make it that far. Worst they can do on the road next week is go to a golden set. But it's funny, Everett, as, as, as we've been thinking about the bracket, 
this side of the bracket, and actually I don't have the bracket asset in here right now, but this side of the bracket where the winner of this one will play the winner of the Ashemsky versus Friedrichshafen series, this side of the bracket is significantly, significantly Wide weaker open. than this side of the bracket. I like. I don't even think it's out of the question that Hulk Bank or whoever wins this series. I mean, you know, if if Hulk Bank is to is to win this as they have the the upper hand now, I don't think it's out of the question that they go all the way to the finals. Very possible. Right? Because if you look at JW and you look at at, uh, at Friedrichshafen, you know, both Fr- both Friedrichshafen is a participation trophy at this point. Yashemsky yeah. is better than them, but even I, I'm not. I don't even trust Yashemsky that much to 100 get past Looking- whoever wins this series. Look how mid they've been in the Plus League recently, right? And like Rudikshoff just got beat by Bloomberg uh, earlier or in this weekend, which we're going to talk about a little bit later too. So, yeah, I think this was a massive win for Hulk Bank. Although I will say once again, I did call it, and you know what? It 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 feels pretty good right now. So, remember Everett back to the very last day of the the pool play in Champions League when these two teams, as we move on to the next series, Zaxa and Trentino. These two teams played in week six. They played their second of two matches in pool play against one another. Um, Trentino had a chance if they went, if they won 3-0 that day to take the one seat over Yashemsky. They lost the first set to Zaxa that day. For some reason, they continued to play the starters. They ended up winning that match in five. And because of it, they got the worst bracket draw imaginable. Could you imagine if Trentino was in Lube's spot? <laughs> Could you imagine how much easier their road would have been if, if they had just lost that match to Zaxa previously the way that they were supposed to? But, but instead, we wouldn't have, would have got the banger that it was today. And I have to say, right. I don't know if you can call it a rivalry, but I love it when these two teams play each other. They just, they just get into it. They've got styles that both contrast and are similar. So it's just, it's always fireworks. It's like how many times we've we seen it going to five. We had two great Champions League finals the past couple of years between these two teams. And this one was just an absolute classic. Luckily, we had Louis Lett on the call who just, you know, was w- talked about it many times. How this, this was an absolute classic, and it was. I mean, hell, even in the fifth set, Zoxa went up 5 nothing. We're like, oh, this is done. It was 8-2 at the switch. Yeah, 8-2 in the switch. And the next thing we knew, it was only it was 10-8, right? So th- this one was close all the way through. It was exciting. It was a great match by by both sides. And uh, it's almost it's almost too bad that both of them, like one of these teams, is, their road is done after next week, a couple weeks. Yeah, next week. And yeah, it is a shame that one of these two teams is going to be losing in the round of eight. But yeah, Zoxa versus Trentino never disappoints. I don't care if they're going to play four times this season in Champions League. I'm never going to get sick of it. Great crowd in Poland as usual. Bartosz Bednors, I thought, was kind of up and down, but really brought it late when it mattered. Which which set was that when they went on the service run? Uh, set four, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was set, it was set four that... Uh... Yeah, really help them there. two aces in a row, and then I think forced an overpass. Like he, he was really clutch. Um, Lukas Kaczmark was the MVP of the match. He was a little streakier, but again, I, I thought the best player was Alexander Schliefka. Again, how many times have we, been, have we brought up how well he's been playing lately? The last couple of weeks on the show. Oh man, he's he's been so good, and you can just tell the confidence he's playing playing with right now, and it, and you can tell like they. They just know how to get the job done, Zaxa. Like they're they're so good everywhere, all over the pins. David Landy was unreal in the <laughs> middle. He was, um, he was so good. Both Americans, so, Smith and Shoji, were tremendous today. Yeah, a- absolutely. And you know what you say? I I, I didn't think Kajmarak was that streaky. I mean, he only made, made seven errors overall. He had he had twenty one kills. His hitting, you know, he hit fifty four four percent. So I I thought he was he was pretty fantastic. But for me, Trentino just makes plays. 
at such clutch moments. You know, even in that second set, they lost the first set. They were down in the second. Spertoli goes on a service run, and, you know, they, they, they got back into it. And I think Spertoli, he was magnificent today. We were talking about it in the Discord. If he's on any other national team, he's a starter. Oh, right, maybe sure. not, maybe for not sure. any, but but quite a few of them. To me, hands down, a top ten setter in the world. And today was exact, like it was a textbook example of of why just spreading that offense around so well. You have four four different players in double digits um, points here for um, uh, for Trentino, and they hit forty nine percent as a team. So they were they were very good. But at the end at the end of the day, here Zaxa, they take that first leg, and we've got a serious golden set potential here. Yeah, we really do. So, yeah, next week in Italy is going to be another classic between these two. Yeah, the numbers across the board, extremely, extremely balanced. Ace-to-error ratio is almost identical. Passing numbers, almost identical. Attacking numbers, almost identical. Um, Zox actually outblocked Trentino. Uh, That, I thought, was a bit of a difference. Um, 12 versus 7. But, yeah, this match was just just fantastic. And it, it was really contrasted. Like, the overall level of this match was significantly higher than the Lube versus Hawkbank match. Like, if, if, seriously, if, if I think Trentino should be kicking themselves for really mishandling that last week of pool play because they could easily have been playing Hawkbank instead of Zaxa, which is, I, I think, you would have to think would be an easier matchup because uh, Zaxa is just so darn good. Uh, but th- there's a good question in the chat. Do you think both Hawkbank and Zaxa would have lost if not for their key yes. mid-season pickups, Jeshki yes. for Hawkbank and Bed Norris for Zaxa, and I agree. I think yes to both. There's no doubt about it for me. Bed Norris had five aces in this match, which yeah. is absolutely Huge. massive, and they they came at some key times too. He was just bonkers from the baseline. He just with with the three-headed monster that you have on, on the outside. I mean, on on uh, on Zaxa and on Trentino, but we're not really talking about Trentino right now. They they're just so dynamic. Um, Bed Norris is. I, I thought he's been doing really really well and i think he's giving him a, himself a serious shot to be uh considered for the polish national team this summer and and can and considered you know highly but slivka was was fantastic he led them in block blocks with three and i mean there's no doubt about it even more so on the other side hawkbank does not have the depth um to play without jishki like this is this is a win for lube even as bad as they played if you have to have uh, Bruno and Yigit in, in there, this is a win win for Lube for sure. Yeah, strongly agree. So two great matches today in Champions League. Two more coming up the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we've got Berlin versus Perugia. I mean, there's not really that much to preview there. <laughs> and then uh, Thursday, we've got Friedrichshafen versus Jaschemski. I don't really think there's that much to preview there either. I think the the two games we saw today were the, are the most exciting two series. Is that yeah. fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. I I am a little bit more interested in uh, JW versus Friedrichshafen uh, compared to uh, Perugia versus Berlin for for obvious reasons. I think that Friedrichshafen does have the the ability to come up with good games, and JW has the ability to come up with a stinker, right? So yeah, it it it, it could. I'm not going to say it could go either way, but. I think that Lebedu is going to have a plan coming into that one for for sure. Which also shout out to him; he just got signed for another two years there uh, for Hoffman. So uh, that that's massive for our, our favorite Australian coach um, in in the Bundesliga. Yep, I I mean obviously we'll be watching these games, but I, I don't expect them to be nearly as interesting as the ones we saw today. I, I think Perugia three zero, no problem. 
And uh, yeah, I, I would I would pick Yashimsky to beat Friedrichshafen, especially because that's another pools rematch. We've already seen that match twice this year, and uh, Yashimsky took care of Hoffen twice already. Uh, so that's a familiar matchup. I expect him to get it done no problem. But um, yeah, next week we'll be we'll obviously be back to talk about that in case there's any drama that happens. And before we move on to women's Champions League, ever uh, speaking of dramatic things that happen in CEV competition, what is Piacenza doing in the CEV Cup? They go you know, on the road and they lay an egg, getting three donged by Nakru Solari in the first leg of the semifinal. What is going on here? You know, last year, uh, after winning the Polish Cups, Doxa went on and lost to, I forget who it was. It was bad. And I made a comment, you know, I want to know how good that party is. <laughs> I want to know how good Piacenza's party was after winning the Italian Cup a week and a half ago. Because not only did they lose to Kanak uh, Rosalari, but they also lost to Cisterna uh, this past weekend, too. So that's two bad losses in a row there from, from Piacenza. And man, once again, the Figure It Out Award, sponsored by Vero Volvo goes to Piacenza. Because seriously, can't we, can we not figure it out? You guys just beat the best team in volleyball, right? Can we not just – can we can we play – decent one time against a bad opponent please please and i mean if you look at their their roster like they had their guys too other than they, had simone, they, they didn't have simone and that, that's a big miss but everyone else you're right was there and it's you so, should still be i don't absolutely. care if you don't i don't oh my goodness like you should still beat rosalari absolutely still like that is absolutely terrible um it's 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 hard to watch. I mean, big ups to Kanak Roslair, Kerkaitsev, uh, uh, eighteen points in this one, ten for Peter Kuhlman, twelve for uh, Sepe Roti. Um, but man, just the the roster was all over the place. Like, can they just not like? Could they just not show up properly? Um, because you know what's going to happen now is we're going to get another golden set. Yeah, once of course. They go back to Piacenza, and they've already done this this year. They did the same thing against Montpellier a couple rounds oh, ago. They, they they led they laid an egg on the road, got three donged in a match that they thought they could sleepwalk through. Then they had to right the ship and figure it out at home, and they did. And I, I mean, there's Piacenza's better than Rusolar. They have to be, I'm, and I'm sure that they will figure it out next week, but. There's just no excuse for this. And a, a point that you've made several times, Everett, that I completely agree with. Why can't Yuri Romano figure out how to show up in a match that's not particularly significant? He's really good in the huge games, but game in, game out, like your average, you know, everyday regular season game or CEV Cup game against an inferior opponent. Why does he always lay an egg like this? I honestly don't know. Um, he reminds me of a character from my, one of my favorite book series growing up, um, called the screech owls, which is about a hockey team up in here in Canada that goes to tournaments and they always end up being hardy boys and, and, you know, finding like, you know, being detectives. Uh, and this was a, the guy who was just the best player, one of the best players on the team, but he only showed up in big, in big games and needed to be turned on. He's the type of guy that you don't want to poke the bear, but I feel like you need to poke the bear pretty damn hard to get Romano out of that sleep, that sleepy state. You know, it's, uh, you, like you almost need a second opposite on any team he's on just to play these regular season games. So that he doesn't <laughs> shit the bed, uh, when, whenever the, the match is not on the line, man, like, what is he? Three for ten, got blocked three times. Three times. Zero percent zero percent efficiency out there, no blocks. You know, didn't start the third set didn't start the third set. Like 
Figure it out, Romano. And Yoan de Leal was, was just as bad. I mean, 7 for 24 errors, 0% perfect passing. He got subbed out as well. Well-deserved. I mean, just it, it has to be a, an Italian Cup hangover thing or just another case of Piacenza totally sleeping on an opponent that, I mean, they're, I mean, I would say on paper they're better than them, but apparently not. If you can't go in with even less than your best stuff and beat Nac Rusolari of all teams, like, what are we doing here? To, to me, I, I think back to when our, the drunken rant we had from Ronnie uh, last week <laughs> on his birthday afterwards about how just like the quality of the club um, uh, at Piacenza just, just isn't there compared to, to Lube. You know, Lube is a team that I look at the roster. They're, in a lot of ways, I think they're overachieving this season. Right, they just clinched yeah. the top four. Uh, just clinched the top four in the in the Superliga. They've made it to the quarterfinals, and they still have a chance um, in Champion League. Um, when you look at that roster, and and it, it's just not great. As you look at Piacenza's roster, it's loaded with talented guys. It's loaded with guys who who know how to win. They got rid of the dead weight in, in Bernardi, and yet they're, they still haven't figured it out. And to me, that just points to systematic issues. And, and structural issues within the organization, organizational issues, really. Um, and I mean, hey, let's, let's, I, I, they're probably going to figure it out and probably going to have to win a, in a golden set uh, in the return match in Piacenza next week. But still, come on, guys, figure it out. Yep. It's, uh, there, there are good franchises in volleyball and there are bad franchises in volleyball. While well, I think we talk about Piacenza needing to figure it out so often, and why do you think that we have named the Figure It Out of the Week award after Vero Volley Malonza? These are exactly the sort of things that we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Let's head over to the Women's Champions League, uh, where last week we got to determine what the quarterfinals are looking like. Um, we did have a golden set as Rezov beat McKenna at home, picked up the golden set, and now they get to go on and take on Azerbaijan. So thank you very <laughs> much for playing. You're probably going to get the crap kicked out of you uh, in the next round. Uh, also saw Fenerbahce uh, take, uh, beat Police from Kemic and Vakif Bank take care of Ludge 3-0, and they will move on uh, to play Malonza. Yep, so th- those first two... Uh, other playoff matches weren't super dramatic. Fenerbahce beat Polizze, no problem, 3-1. to Vakifeng destroyed Woods. That one was never even close. So those couple quarters, I think Fenerbahce versus Caneliano in the next round could maybe be interesting. I think at least at the very least they'll be fun to watch because Fenerbahce, when they're good, are pretty darn good. But um, Caneliano is so steady that I think they're going to get past him, no problem. Vakifeng versus Malonza I think is kind of similar. Um, because both of those teams are on the streakier side. Uh, Malonza really struggles to capture roster consistency, like lineup consistency and high level of play at the same time. They don't get those to intersect all that often. And we've seen how up and down Vakifank has been this year. And yeah, unfortunately, although like this, this golden set between Zhezhov and Lukane was a banger. Like this, this match was, was phenomenal. 27, or 29-27 in the second and then 15-13 in the golden set. Like great, great match. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to matter. Uh, I agree with you. Like, Zajabasha over Zhezhov will not be particularly close. And then what's that other one? It's too small to see on my screen. Oh, Stuttgart versus Novara. I think that could, that could be kind of good, too. I think I think that could be good, kind of too good, too. Real quick, going back to that uh, Rejav versus Lekane match, uh, big shout-out to Czech opposite Gabriela Or- Orvosova, who came out with 26 points in this one in three-and-a-half sets, basically, because you had the the, fifth, the golden set to, to 15. So massive performance from her, and it really 
helped propel Rezhov to to that quarterfinal uh, matchup against Vakov Bank. But yeah, once you get there, not entirely sure what to, what to, what you can do. Although, well, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, Vakov Bank not looking too hot uh, in the Turkish league lately either. So maybe it could be interesting. You know, maybe they could take a match and maybe force a, a golden set scenario, but I, I don't really see it necessarily. I don't really see it either. So uh, quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League, definitely not this week. Well, when is that? Let's see. Uh, probably either next week or the week after. Um, next week. Yeah, so all, all actually all four quarterfinals next Tuesday as far as they're scheduled right now, the first legs, which is pretty cool. So we get all, all four of them in one day. I wonder if that's going to overlap with the men's and inundate us with too much volleyball. But it, these this will be really cool, and we'll, we'll have all of those first legs to talk about on next week's show. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. I personally don't like the fact that they're all uh, on one. I'd like to see them mix it up a little bit. But, hey, what what, what can you expect from boomers and trench coats, right? <laughs> it, gets, it gets cold sometimes, and they need to make quick decisions, even though they – they don't really need to make them. Yeah, make so them all all four women's quarters are on Tuesday next week, and then men's, you got three on Wednesday, one on Thursday. So at least those aren't overlapping as much. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Let's move. Is that uh, everything here from CEV competitions? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess we can talk about uh, whichever Greek team it is, either Olympiakos, I can't remember which, beating Tel in, in the first leg as Challenge Cup finals, but who cares? No, who cares? cares good yeah um all right moving on to the men's superlega in italy we are coming down to the last week of the regular season um and we had some big matches go, go down this past week as we look at the at the standings here yes perugia's were all the way up at the top fantastic uh one of the big matches that we're going to see we got the battle for second place between trentino and modena this week that's going to be awesome um, another, uh, a few other big ones to look at Milano versus Taco Milano this past week, suffering some COVID, uh, issues, which is a little bit of PTSD there to bring up the C word, uh, like that, but they only dressed eight players, no Ishikawa, no setters. So they got three donged by Chivitanova, which was absolutely massive for Chisterna because they got a big three dong donging against Piacenza. And now they sit only one point behind. So that race there for eighth place, as we see, 26 points for Chisterna, 27 for Milano. That could get uh, very, very interesting. Uh, another big match, one that I, I enjoyed watching, was Monza versus Modena. I think that was Monza's first win against Modena since like 2020. So for wow. a, like for a long time now, almost three years. And to be honest, that one should have been a three like a, a three donger. Um, they had match point in the in the third. At that point, you know there was none of the starters were were on. Like you had Salah, you had basically the entire bench for Modena on. Um, who was it? Why can't I remember who went on a four four ace or serving run? Or for Modena, got them back in it in the probably Lagumja. Looks like he had six aces. Yeah, he 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 was big. He had a massive match, uh, but Monza was able to fight them off, figure it out. No Ingepeth for uh, Modena in this one, but that was a big win for Monza. First first win uh, against Modena since since 2020. That Steve basically Martin. clinches a playoff spot for them as well because they've yeah. got 30. And uh, so Milano, even if Milano gets three this weekend, I, I think that Monza has them on tiebreakers. So or, or and even if they don't, they would still be an eighth. So Monza is in. That's big. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Monza uh, plays against Siena this this weekend too. So Siena sitting in last place by one point. They lost to to, to Verona, uh, but I think Monza is actually in a good spot. Right? They want to stay in sixth spot. In in my opinion, play whoever that third place team is, and then have to play the you know the the other potentially second place team in in the semifinals. Yeah. So right that, now they're in seventh. Right now that they they've, oh, they've seventh, got seventh, yes. but they're gonna they're gonna play that that two seed, which honestly isn't so bad because that's either Trentino or Modena. You just saw Modena, so you, you know that you could beat them even if they get Ingepet back. And Trentino is certainly more beatable. Um, and yeah, point in the chat. I, I think that Ingepet was sitting out because randomly like the league came out of the clouds oh, and, yeah. and and suspended him for a week yeah they suspended him for a week because of all the, the remember the travitsa drama from last year's like semi-final or whatever it was uh where uh i guess ingapet accused travitsa of saying some stuff whatever it was ingapet got suspended for a week and it randomly happened like 10 months later for some reason so that's why he was out i don't really understand that once again, volleyball, figure it out. What is up with that, dude? Right? Like, why are we why are we doing this a year after the case? Tretka isn't even in the league anymore. He's not relevant. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, Seriously. It, it, um, insane. Insane that we're that we're even still talking about this. But yeah, let's yeah. talk about uh, just all the matches from this weekend before we preview the match this past weekend before we preview this coming weekend. So Perugia beat Toronto. No surprise there. Uh, Toronto, dude, they could use some insurance points to avoid getting relegated. They're only up there by one right now. Yeah. Trentino beat Padova, whatever. Lube beat Milano. Milano had no players. Uh, we, we saw Augustine Loser setting a little bit. That was kind of fun to see on Instagram. But uh, yeah, bad timing for, for a, a certain virus to hit Milano's locker room. I think we should talk about Chisterna versus Piacenza a little bit. Now, we've already made fun of Piacenza a, a plenty on this show. Uh, they didn't have Robert Landy Simone. Still no excuse. Do you think, even if Chisterna does make the playoffs, Everett, do, do you think it's even like worth it for them to be there? Do you think that they would put up at all a fight against Perugia in the eighth spot? I don't think anyone's going to put up a fight against Perugia at, yeah. at, at any point, right? They lost that one game. That, that's going to that's gonna put them down. I mean, Chisterna was a team that was undefeated at the beginning of the year, and they were blowing us all the way. Berlich just had a fantastic season. Yeah, so- no, I mean, but but at the end of the day, I think, I think for a team of Chisterna to make playoffs, I think that means a lot to them. You know? So yeah, I, I think it does. I think it does mean something for, for them to be there uh, and, and, and to, to do that, especially against Piacenza who just won, uh, won the league. I think Derlich was pretty good in this one. He was 12 for 18. Marco Sedlicek was awesome. He was 13 for 18. They hit 61% as a team. Like this Chisterna team can be good. Sure. Right. Um, and like Aiden Zingle, five blocks. Yeah, that's that's massive. Do I see them taking a a, a win over uh, Perugia? No, not in a three game series, right? Like that'll be a, a a quick you know a quick sweep two nothing. But still, for Chisterna to to be in the playoffs is is big for them. And, and so you know, I, th- I think they're going to want to push for it. Of course. Yeah, of course they will. Uh, so we already talked about Monza versus Modena. We don't really need to say much about Verona over Siena, but let's take a look at the standings one more time before we take a look at what's coming up this weekend in the last matches of the regular season. So real uh, quick about Monza versus Modena, though. My boy, Stephen Marr, was an absolute monster. 27 points in this one. You know I had to bring it up. 
wow. you know how to bring it up. He had got set 48 times. He was 23 for 48, two blocks, two aces, 27 points. He has been having the best year of his career, and it's been awesome to watch. Um, yeah, it's 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 just been fantastic. So big big shout out to uh, um, to our boy Stephen Mar over at Monza. Shout out to Steve. He is having a great year. Uh, so the standings going into this weekend. Perugia, one seed, whatever. We've known that for weeks. Trentino versus Modena. They're separated by a point right now for second. And wouldn't you know it, they play each other head-to-head this weekend. So that head-to-head match, will is it will it for sure decide who gets second? Yeah, because there's only, there's only one point b- between them, right? Yeah, so, but, I mean, if it were to go to five, if, if Modena were to win it in five, they would be tied in points. They would be tied and win loss i think trentino that would have them on set ratio so i think modena needs three points yeah if lube finds a way to beat perugia fat chance but if they find a way to beat perugia and trentino wins uh in three four then lube would would jump modena there so right and it's, slight... it's possible that perugia rests their starters i mean they have nothing yeah to play. but they're is still fantastic. Their bench is really good. Yeah. Right. You go to their bench. You still got either Plotnitsky or Semenyuk out there. Yeah. You still right. have Herrera or Rich Licky. Like you still have a fantastic team. It doesn't matter if they go to the bench. And you think they're going to the bench now after losing to Piacenza? Hell no. Nah. They're going to run the table the rest of the year. That you know they, they have that fire fire underneath them. Well, so they've, that, they've, they've got they've got a more meaningful match though tomorrow in Champions League on the road. So that that's the only reason why I'm bringing it up. If they didn't have another match this week. I think they would mop the floor with Lube, no problem. But they, they've got to put their their eggs in the Champions League basket tomorrow, which kind of makes me think that they might rest some of the starters on, uh, I assume it's Sunday, but uh, we'll see. But you're right. Lube does technically have a chance to jump up to third. May, uh, no, they can't get up to second. But, but, but Lube could get up to third if they somehow take three points from Perugia. Yeah, they, they they could potential. I don't I don't really see it. Their win this past weekend did confirm them that top four finish because now right. Verona Verona can't catch them. So I think that that's pretty big for them. Um, Verona, by the way, is locked into fifth. That is that is guaranteed. They can't move up or down. They can't catch Lube and Piacenza. Even if Piacenza gets three points to time at thirty four, Verona's got them on match win loss. So Verona is absolutely locked in without question at fifth. And they very well may play the play the bench this weekend, and they have Chisterna on Saturday, which is huge. Yeah, that that is that that race between Chisterna and Milano is going to be massive. Chisterna is going to be out there for blood. For you know sure. they're going to you know they're going to want it. If Keda is out there on the left side, you know he's going to be peppered <laughs> all day with serves. But uh, let's be honest, Stoichev is just too stupid to know that's going to happen. Um, and who does who does uh, who does Chisterna or no who does Milano play here? Oh, they Milano play Toronto. plays Toronto on Sunday, and which uh, which will be interesting because Toronto will be getting Eric Lepke back. He should be he should be good for 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 this one, and Toronto is going to want to be able to put up some points on the board. Right, they are going to be hungry for it. And is Milano going to be ready to play? Is Ishikawa going to be healthy? Will they have Poro back? Because if not. If their guys aren't good to go, that could be disastrous. Imagine making it to the Italian Cup Finals, 
but not making the playoffs at all if you're Milano, that would be terrible. That would be rough. So the fact that that Verona versus Cisterna game is on Saturday and the rest of the games are all on Sunday is actually an extremely big deal because everybody on Sunday is going to go in, or Milano in particular, they're going to go into Sunday knowing exactly what they have to do. And you've got to think that with Cisterna having everything to play for, and Verona having nothing to play for, I think it would be pretty likely that Cicerna wins that match. So Milano is going to have to beat Toronto uh, to make sure that they make the playoffs, and they're probably going to need three points. Meanwhile, Toronto needs to make sure they beat Milano to guarantee they don't get relegated. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think there's so much on the line that like you can't take... No team is going to be willing to take this, this week off, right? Uh, especially if you're going to be playing against one of those three teams who are in the, the relegation race, because even Padova isn't safe, right? right. Say, say in a world that Siena gets a win. Ooh, right? actually, and, sorry, Padova are they? is safe. Padova is safe on match-win-loss, because they, they, okay. they have two more wins than Siena. And they, so even if they have okay, well, points, Padova is safe. Okay, well, no one cares about Ron Takahashi anyways. Okay, I'm sorry, Weebs. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. We all love Takahashi. He's been having a fantastic year. Um, but if you're playing against Toronto, you're playing against Siena, um, that is going to be a big one because you know you know that both of those teams um, are 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 going to – neither of them wants to get relegated. No one wants to get relegated. Of course, so, of course. Yeah, yeah so – Piacenza's got Padova. Uh, yeah, I, I, Padova is mathematically safe from relegation, and they're obviously out of the playoffs, so they don't have as much to play for as maybe they did last year. I remember they had uh, they they were definitely up against it last year, trying not to get relegated. Piacenza is kind of safe where they are in six. I actually wouldn't hate that spot if I were them, but I think they just need a win for their own sake, having a, just a brutal week this past week after. Uh, winning the Italian Cup, and Monza has Siena. So two interesting matchups there because uh, Monza, Monza is, uh, again, kind of in, in a very similar spot to Piacenza in the standings and in just how kind of secure they are in their playoff position. But Siena, of course, have, has everything in the world to play for. So I'm curious to see how Monza approaches that match against them. I think if you're Trentino and Modena and you see Monza and, and uh, Pia, er, Piacenza in that those 6-7 spots, that's not something you feel good about, right? No, Both of those teams are really not. good. They're, they're, they're very quality. Um, you've, got a lot, like, you've got a lot of grit on that Monza team. You've got a lot of talent on that Piacenza team. No one's safe but Perugia in my eyes. No one's safe, no one's safe but, but Perugia. So... I mean, I personally would love to see Monza maybe win this week, bunny hop over top of Piacenza, uh, get that that uh, sixth place spot, play play potentially Modena. Um, I think that's a, a a good outcome. And uh, you know, obviously, I want to pull for my Canadian guys on on Monza. So, yeah, well, yeah, we'll wonder where wonder where that hope was really coming from. Uh, all right, standings Bias. one more time. Basically, all the drama this week comes down to spots eight versus nine, uh, Milano versus Cisterna right now, and then relegation, uh, Toronto versus Siena. I think that's going to be where most of the drama is at. Trentina versus Modena will definitely be a really good match. Um, Verona's locked in at fifth. They, that one doesn't really matter for them. Lube could maybe jump up if they can take some points from Perugia. Yeah, so some questions about roster management or potentially not playing all the guys this weekend. I think Verona and Perugia are the only teams that would really uh, kind of punt this weekend, but everybody else has has a huge amount on the line. So uh, for this week's schedule one more time, 
all, all the times on your screen here are central time, North American time, which is my time local. So uh, noon Eastern Saturday is Verona Cisterna. And then 1 p.m. Sunday is the other five games. So they're all at the exact same time on Sunday, of course. Because why, why would we want to watch them? Why would we want to watch them? You would want to. Who would want to do that? Yeah. No, the only thing that I could maybe think of is that they want to do like the World Cup thing where no one is, is. But then again, you have a game going on Saturday. So that's out the window. Completely. No one can so. like manipulate what's going on based on the other results. Yeah, and, no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, no. But Once right, again, on boomers, Saturday. boomers, trench coat. It's just the easiest as, as possible to uh, to put them all on and. And you've only got one game of the week, anyways. That's on race sport. All the rest are online, so it doesn't really matter. And come on, you've got that wonderful picture-in-picture picture scenario oh, that we've got on the world <laughs> TV. It's brutal, so bad, yeah. so 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 bad. But hey, still uh, still better than what it, what it used to be, right? So yeah, I guess true. guess there's that. All right, let's move on to the Lega Volley Feminili. Um, I wish they would just call it the Women's Super Lega, but hey, what what, what can we say? Um, some big, some big results, uh, all over here, uh, in the leg of Ollie Feminili, um, Malonza. Oh no, wait. Yeah. Malonza going down, uh, to Canigliano. It was an interesting match at first. The first set was interesting. Nothing after that. Um, <laughs> Scandici getting a good win over Chieri, uh, and Firenze. We've been pulling for them. They lose their second in a row and a tough one to Novara. And then Volafolia uh, beating Bergamo and getting three points out of it is the other really notable result that I right, saw. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that one's big. We should definitely start with Caneliano versus Malonza, um, two of the best teams in the league. I mean, certainly the best, the number one team in the league. Malonza posted up pretty comfortably in third right now. Uh, they've got a decent amount of cushion on both sides of that. They still couldn't really figure it out lineup-wise. I mean, they couldn't decide what to do at opposite. Uh, there, they didn't really get good production out of either player. Although Stisiak came in in the first two sets before starting the third, did go ten for twenty, which is decent. Um, yeah, there's some interesting rumors that are being put in the chat right now about what they're going to do next year. Caneliano's awesome, dude. They're so good. So well, good. When, when Catherine Plummer passes the ball above forty percent, like that—that's like Caneliano's only weakness. Is sometimes you can target her in reception, and sometimes she'll pass like trash. Not this time. I mean, her and Kelsey Robinson were both just phenomenal. And then you don't even need the best match out of Isabel Hawk at that point. No, it's nice. It, it it is nice. They're, they're so loaded, and they once again we talk about good organizations. Canigliano is a top notch organization. Hundred percent. Like everyone thought, like oh, you're losing to Gonu. I don't know. It's going to be more even, and it hasn't. It, it it hasn't at all. Hell, they've been even better this year. Um, and yeah, if you look at really if you look at a Gonu, like people are going to start to question what based on what things have been going uh, at Vakas Bay. Really, really good outing. You've got all three outsides there for Canigliano uh, in double digit scoring. They just look good. Um, even like they get pushed a little bit in the first the first set, like the first set was close 25 uh, 23. Then the second set was an absolute blow up. And even though this, the third set was closer, you could just tell that they were never really under stress. Right, Stiziak did come in, and like Jordan Thompson didn't have a great game. We had some dummies in the Discord being like, "Oh, well, like maybe we're going to see Annie Drews comp- over her at the uh, with the national team." I love what Annie Drews has, has been doing. I love her as a, as a player, but this is one of the few rare, like rare bad match with Jordan Thompson. Just like what could be if Malone's a new how to make a roster, you know? Like like oh. what could be with this team if that was a if that was a possibility. 
Yeah, if only they if only they knew how to construct a proper team. But uh, I don't think anybody's beating Corneliano this year. Scandici would be the one that I would say even remotely has a chance, but they've struggled to kind of figure it out with their lineup as well. And we've talked about them being handcuffed by the foreigner limit. So they did have a, a really nice game beating Kieri uh, 3-0 pretty comfortably, and Kieri is good. Um, so mm-hmm. I think a, a Scandici Corneliano final would be very compelling, but I still think it's Corneliano's league to lose. Oh, absolutely. Like if, if anything but a Canigliano uh, win happens this year, it's because Canigliano lost it. Right. You know, uh, uh, there's no one that competes with them. They've been the best team. Their only loss was arguably one that they just kind of punted anyways to get ready for the club world championships. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not too worried at all. I was really pulling for uh, Firenze to really make a, a, a late season push and they've lost their past two after winning five in a row. They're still only three behind three points behind Bergamo, but Bergamo has been falling and good for Busto. Man, Busto was sitting like, almost staving off uh, relegation earlier this season, but they've been so good uh, as of late. Um, really, really happy to see them do well. Yeah, me too. We kind of knew that they were going to figure it out. That's another club that is just a good club, and they 100%. had a lot of new pieces, and uh, you know, they had Carly Lloyd coming back to professional volleyball for the first time in a while, and they, we knew that it was going to take Busto a while to figure it out, and they did. Uh, so they're, that, that, man, that race, let's put up the standings. Uh, that race six, seven, and eight is pretty nuts right now. Bergamo, Busto, Casa Maggiore in six, seven, eight, all within one point, which is wild. Firenze three points back in ninth. Volafolia um, is clinging, staying alive. The, the three point win over Bergamo is big, but they're six points out of the playoffs right now. Um, so let's see, how many weeks are left? Like five? Yeah, there's still five le- weeks left yeah, in the regular season. Time. So that's plenty of time. Plenty of time here for any of those teams to, uh, to 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 pick up a big win or big go on a big run of wins. Um, so anything could happen at, at the bottom of of that standings from Casamajori in sixth, maybe even down to Valfolia uh, in tenth. But they need to they need to almost run the table from here on out to be considered you know, to, to even kind of get a look at that playoffs. I agree. And I was thinking the same thing about Cuneo. They need to run the table and they only got two points against Perugia, who is terrible. And if, if, if you can't take care of one of the only three teams that are below you, if you can't get three points against them, I don't think you belong in the playoffs. So I think it's safe to count Cuneo out for now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to this week. We got a big matchup actually tomorrow. Busto and Scandici. That's going to be a good one. Uh, no, that's Wednesday good game. That's yeah, a little interesting Wednesday game. That's going down at seven p.m. So that's what one p.m. Uh, one p.m. Eastern time. Yep. Uh, then you look forward to Saturday. A couple, a few big matches. Actually, yeah, a few big matches. Kieri versus Malonza. That should be fantastic. Canigliano takes on Novara as Karakurt continues her. Uh, revenge tour against the, the team owner after he was talking shit. Um, hopefully Florence can get back to their winning ways by taking on Perugia as well on Saturday. Then when we look at Sunday, Cajori looks to end uh, Valpolia's playoff hopes. That one could be good. A lot of Americans in those two matches. You got the Carlini versus Micah Hancock setter battle head-to-head. Ooh, I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then also we've got uh, Cuneo against Pinarolo, so Cuneo can keep their uh, playoff hopes alive potentially against a relegation team. And then Bergamo also up against a relegation team in Maturata. Yeah. We've got someone in the chat saying, I think Fenerbahce is better than Caneliano. What are you talking about? 
I mean, we're I guess we're about to see in, in Champions League, they're going to play one another. Corneliano is so good. They're so good. They're so much better than Fenerbahce. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, if if do we we'll just want to jump into some Turkish League stuff right now? Because well, yeah, we might as well. We might as well use that as a transition because Fenerbahce. We're going to jump over this weekend's result um, with Exasabasha taking down Vakif Bank three nothing. We can come back and talk to that. But also today in the Turkish Cup quarterfinals, man, Fenerbahce was all over Exasabasha. Irina Fedorovseva was absolutely lights out in this one and they look good man i was i've, I've been saying Fenerbahce looks good with federatseva and uh and melissa vargas on the right side i think the big one difference in this one was um uh, uh, uh ana christina the brazilian i assume is what you're talking about for no Fenerbahce, um, at least no, for Exasabasha, who's is it? Uh, oh, Hande Baladin being really Baladin, bad. Yeah. <laughs> one for was, 11. <laughs> was terrible in, in this one. And that's really where uh, it, it stunk for, for Exasabasha. I mean, Boscovich can do a lot, but she can't be superstar. She can't do it all, especially against a very, very quality team like Fenerbahce. Yeah, it looks like Exasabasha basically gave up after two sets of this. They put pretty much the entire bench in. Well, I mean, they, they lost 25 to 15 in the second. I mean, you got to make some pretty drastic changes at that point. Yeah, they changed uh, a setter. They changed a middle. They changed an outside. Uh, let's see. How are Boscovich's numbers? Decent. 18 for 46 errors. Uh, three blocks. That's a, 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 an average performance for her. Uh, the rest of the team just gave her absolutely no support. And that's been the, the one thing that we've said about Itzadabasha the whole year. One question that I have, Everett, and I'm not familiar with the format of the Turkish Cup tournament. Why is this a quarterfinal? Why are these two teams Bro. playing so early? What's up with that? No idea. Not to mention when you look at what the other quarterfinals are. Like tomorrow, yeah, you've got joke. THY against Koziboru, Vakif Bank against Galatasaray, and then two nothing teams in the other one. So if, if someone who's, who's familiar with the, the, the Turkish Cup in the chat can maybe let us know why this is the case, like, why you have, you know, why two of the best teams are, are having to play each other? Uh, that that would be awesome because, I mean, I'm stoked for Caravan Reich and Emily Maglio who are who are going to be, you know, almost handed away against Kuziboru, um tomorrow. But still, like that's that's very interesting that you have two of the best teams essentially in the world, right, playing each other in the quarterfinals of the Turkish Cup. Does yeah, that have to do like last year's like like finishes? But even then, like. Why do you have Aiden against Serrier? I, I I don't know. Someone yeah. in the chat, let us know, please. I don't I don't understand that one. But yeah, this this was a, a, a match where you got to see Fenerbahce. Like I talked about earlier, I think Fenerbahce at their peak is very very good, and I think this is pretty darn close. Yeah, Fedorovseva was terrific. Uh, seven aces is absolutely off the charts. Ana Cristina was really good, twelve for twenty six. Melissa Vargas was pretty good. Maybe not great, but she got so much support from the left that that really helped her. Um, Fenerbahce is not a particularly good passing team. Uh, they are an unbelievable serving team. And I think that when we talk about them playing against Caneliano next week, that's going to be the key focus. And people in the uh, people in the chat are already talking about that with Fenerbahce's ability to pressure from the service line. If that can be the one thing to break Caneliano, it definitely broke Zajabasha in this particular match. But... Player for player, all three wings and the options from the bench on the wings, Caneliano has way more, way oh, more, yeah. especially an outside hitter than Zajibasha does. 100%. They're going to need to break someone 
and serve receive if Fenerbahce early is and often yeah early and often like you need you need like uh, Plummer or Kelsey Robson to have the the worst day of their life because right now you don't even have Alexa Gray to go to on the bench as as she's been been off with with injury as, as they've been shown a few times she's not on the roster and she's just been in plain clothes uh although let's be honest it's not like Alexa's going to be bailing him out passing ways passing wise maybe in, in with a high ball offense uh but 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 that would be it so Fenerbahce would really need to have this type of serving performance right where they had 13 aces to only nine errors uh that's absolutely massive and 13 aces in the women's game is off the charts in three sets that's crazy yeah the the only thing that might help them is uh um the foreigner limit have being able to play i don't even know who their second outside would be though Uh, i don't think it changes at all um but yeah, like that—that that may be the only thing that helps them in the Champions League, as opposed to uh, in the Sultanlar League or in the Turkish Cup. Yeah, so we'll see if Fenerbahce can take that momentum against another just mega opponent in in Canigliano next week. Somebody, our, our friend Birkay from Turkey, yeah. says in the chat that apparently the Turkish Cup is random draw. Dude, that's what a insane. load of garbage! <laughs> that's what absolutely about? insane. Just a <laughs> random draw, just pick out of a hat. And like, l- let's let's be let's be honest. That draw, that particular draw, that can't be random. There's no way that that's random. No. That is questionable. Uh, Burkai, right. if you could let us know about the politics involved with that, please do, because that is absolute insanity. Yeah, that's, that's to me, if, if if that's the case, the Turkish Cup has no – it doesn't count. Yeah, it it's like not matter. a real competition. It, it's not a real competition. If you're going to randomly draw – so that the best, some of the best teams in the, in the in the country are playing each other in the first round in the quarterfinals, then no, it's it's not what's, valid. What's it's, the point? It's, it's not a valid competition. Yeah, that, that that's completely ridiculous. So while Zajabasha did lose their first match in this one in almost a year in domestic competition, uh, just before that over the weekend, it was great to see regular seasons Sultanlar and uh, Efler Ligi play back in Turkey after the earthquake. They are back to playing matches. And a banger uh, got us back into regular season play. It's Zajabasha three-donging Vakif Bank, uh, 21-26-21. and 21. So competitive 3-0, but a 3-0 nonetheless. Um Vodka Bank cannot get over the hump, man. Nobody can stop at Zajabasha in regular season play, I guess. No, they're they're so good. I mean, they're eighteen and zero in in regular season. They've only lost three sets, right, in, in the entire regular season, uh, and they've they've been fantastic. Maybe a bit of a hangover from from winning that match, and they're just not used to that many high competitive games. Um, whereas, who did who did um, uh, Fenerbahce play? This past weekend, they played PTT, which is like a nothing match, bad. Right? right? So, yeah, like maybe that's the case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Vakif Bash is so good. And, I mean, Vakif Bank, that is – you were expected to be the team this year. You were expected to be the best team in the world, right? You won everything last year. You won the, the, the World Club Championships. You won Champions League. You won the Sultanlar Ligi. You go out and get arguably the best player in the world, and now you're worse? <laughs> I mean, our, our friend Agatha just brought it up in the chat exactly where I was going to go with this. It's their setter position, man. It's their setter position. Jansu Ozbai could not figure it out the first half of the year. She landed herself on the bench. Phuket Gulubai stepped in, and I think visibly she sets the ball to Igonu better, but she can't really figure out how to set anybody else. 
And so she then, uh, after starting the match, found her way to the bench in the third set, and it didn't really matter. I mean, Igonu 19 for 43, four errors is not terrible, uh, but the rest of Akifbank's offense just wasn't good enough. And I, I do think that it comes down to their setter position. Uh, I think I think the the appreciation for Joanna Volosh goes even higher. Absolutely skyrockets. And it's I'm I'm gonna like throw myself under the bus here because I was one who was saying, you know, I don't think Volosh is that good. All oh you need God. to do is chuck up high balls to to Gonu and this and that, but man. We've just seen Canigliano be so good this year. We saw Poland be so strong this summer and at the World Championships. And I hate to say it because I do love watching a Gonu play, but she just brings, like, the, the, the team that she's on seems to struggle, right? And I think that she's, I, I don't think that, given how people seem to love her, I don't think that she's a cancer you oh know, no, like, no, no, we're, no. We're, we're not talking about a Russell Westbrook type of player uh, right right here, but it does seem that there is certain demands. Like maybe it's a situation that some setters just can't center the ball high enough. You know, uh, I think that's something that's that could be legitimate. She is um, a weird player to set, like even as far as those elite opposites go. Like she hits a different ball than Hawk or Boscovich do for sure. Absolutely, 100%. You know, I'm going to kind of related to Juan Vernon Nevins, where you kind of need a high set that you, you really need to give her some time to be able to get under and, 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 and take a swing at because she jumps so high, because she is so long. Like her contact point is, is so much higher. Um, and some setters just can't do that. Obviously, Voloja is one of those. And obviously, Voloja is not only the ability, not only has the ability to, to set that offense, because once you do set that offense, it does change things up, Right. Like you, you, you're, you're kind of going to a high ball offense there changes the rhythm of your team. Um, but it also like she demands so much volume, right? She's not the most efficient hitter in the world. So you need no. to be able to give, give her a lot of volume and it kind of mixes things up. I mean, Gabi has been painfully average this, this past year. And I don't think at all, given what we saw from her at the world championships, that it's that she's taking a step back. I just think that she's just not being given this, the same amount of volume as she was last year and the same type of ball as she was last year. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, again, when we talk about these superstar opposites, when they play against one another, like Egonu versus Boscovich in this match just now, it's worth talking about what kind of support they're getting and Vakifbank's second outside hitter position between either Dalderop or Bayamov, neither have been good. Neither have been able to stay on the court for really most of the year. And this particular one for Zajabasha, both uh, Voronkova and Baladin were both good. While they weren't against Fenerbahce, they were good against Vakithek, and that is a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, once again, it, it's going to come down to how that that Turkish outside plays. And let's be honest, this is what we've talked about with the the issues with the Turkish women's national team is how good that outside play. So it's going to be very e- interesting to see how um, Santorelli uh, deals with having. And once again, remember that Melissa Vargas is now Turkish. Yes, she right? is. The, mat, the, the, the the great Cuban exodus continues on the women's side as well. Um, and Turkey is the, the latest benefactor of that. So what do you do between Kerakurt, who has been the face and the soul of this team for a while, and Melissa Vargas? Who do you put on the left side? Who do you put on the right side? Like, There's so many questions for me in Turkish volleyball right now um, on, on the women's side. And I'm going to be very interested to see how it plays out this summer. Very interesting indeed. All right, Everett, a couple more quick headlines to jump around before the end of the show. But first, 
What's you wearing over there? Oh, you know, just my favorite sweater these days, the 9x9 Squared Series. You can get that over at thatvolleyball.store. And if you use the code SPICY, as in Spicy Volleyball, our, our favorite logo, it's actually just uh, just right here. Just right here. Um, you can get 15% off your entire order. Um, yeah, pick it up. It's great. It's good. Uh, it's awesome. Um, I'm hoping that the miscommunication between um, the Shopify and the Printful, which are the two services you use, are, are done with. Uh, but let me know if you've made an order and you haven't seen it in a while. It's, it's saying it's good, but it was saying it was good before and then and it didn't. So, But make sure you head over to that volleyball uh, dot store and use the code SPICY to get 15% off. Absolutely. And uh, how are we doing on like rate on this video? Decent, decent. Uh, we could use some more thumbs ups on this video if you guys like uh, like the discussion. It is one of our favorite times of the year in volleyball. So uh, if you like what you're listening to, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're in the Volleyball Source Discord if you're not already. It would be crazy, crazy if you're not in, in the best online volleyball check community in the world. Why would you not want to be a part of that? Come on. Yeah. Especially, oh man, it's days like today when there's so much going on. Oh, like, the Discord was awesome today. The, the Discord is going off. People are chirping Ronnie, and Ronnie's not even there. Um, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny to watch Ronnie be so uh, so high up on Lube, and then yeah, it starts playing bad, and he just starts back. Uh, it's like the the Homer Simpson gif of him dissolving into the, the just the plant. just just into the bushes, hundred percent. Get another troll today who was actually also being a troll, but bringing up some good points in in VT. Um, yeah, it, that was great. It's, it's it's just some good old fun. Everyone loves it. All right, so let's jump into a couple more things. We got some home cooking to finish up the show. I'm looking forward to that. First, let's talk yeah. about Poland a little bit. Um, so they're back into regular season action after the Polish Cup, which Zaxa won. Really, the only notable result last weekend was this one, a uh, battle at the top of the standings with Zavierce three-donging Rosovia. And sure enough, Everett, I do think that I called it by saying before the Polish Cup semis that this is about the time in the year when the Rosovia curse starts to strike, and sure enough. Yeah, sure enough. And I, that win, it brings them level uh, in points with both with 59 at the top of the table. Ooh. But Zavierci now has 21 wins. They, they do have a game at hand. They've, they've played one more one more game, but that does bring them in into first place. So uh, that is interesting. You've got just uh, JW with only a point, a point behind at 58. And then Zaxa and Vorsova, who have been on a tear of late. Uh, Still going tied tied there uh at fourth um with 52 points apiece uh interesting enough Zavierce Vorsova playing this weekend on Saturday that one's at 2:45 p.m. Poland time so that's very early in the morning here on the east coast in North America um also you've got Zaxa taking on Skra Belchatov uh on Sunday morning at the same time and we have also some news coming out of one of the most storied clubs in the Plus Liga Yes, Konrad Piechotsky has been fired by Skrabelkhatov finally. I think finally. for for those that know, definitely people know more than I do about this particular situation. Piechotsky has been under fire by basically everybody in Polish volleyball media forever. Um, he's the source of one of the, the most blatant instances of nepotism in all of volleyball with his son, Katzper being an absolute waste of a roster spot at Libero for Scraw. But I mean, the way that they've constructed their roster this year, they've already fired their coach. They've had a terrible year. They're not even close to the playoffs in the Plus Liga. 
they're what they're in 11th right now way below 500 wins and losses really really bad year for Scra. and finally the club has had enough they have fired piakotsky um as of march 1st Can you so, just say his name again please because it's your pronunciation is so piakotsky yeah, yeah, so good. So good. I think one day we're going to – maybe that'll be a fun video the next time we're together. We'll have a few wiggly pops, and you can teach me how to pronounce Polish oh, names. Oh, God. That, 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 would be, that would be a fun one. But, I mean, I've heard some rumors that his son, who's a libero, is the highest-paid libero in oh, the Liga, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely unreal. And I also heard recently on the If You Can't Handle the Heat podcast that they haven't been pay- paying their players. Yeah, so I heard something about that, too, that they're – and this it's so weird for a club that's – so like historically successful and so historically stable to be running into money issues like that. But if you can't pay your players, then yeah, I, I agree. The president's got to go. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Scrock and like, if this is just like one year blip and are they going to climb themselves back at the top? Um, but you know, I do think that maybe this is just like, People, Polish people in chat, please tell me if I'm wrong, but I think in general you have some of these these historically good clubs. They've just been so well-funded for, for so long comparatively to other ones. And now with the popularity and the growth and the quality within the Plus Liga, that all of these other clubs that just, they have that, the, the, the same money as as what Scraw used to. Because I think uh, Scraw is the, the company that owes the, uh, owns them, correct? And I think they might be be an energy company. This is, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, is this going to be the new norm for Beltsov or are they going to be able to bounce back from this and be what, you know, what they've been for the past 20 years in the volleyball, which is, you know, one of the premier clubs in European volleyball. Right. It is kind of a bummer to see a club that's been so historically successful slip to this level, but you got to do what you got to do. I think firing a, a useless president is a good step in the right direction. So what they've got to do now, find the new president, find some sponsors in the off season. I think that's going to be big for them and then find a new head coach because they're still working on an interim basis right now. So Interesting times. Interesting times if you're a Scraw fan. Then they also yeah. play a CV Cup tomorrow against Modena, so we'll see how that goes. Ooh. Not well. That's gonna be tough. Far no, that, that, that's probably that's probably not gonna go not gonna go good, especially since uh Angapeth's weird ass suspension. It's weird that they suspended him for I wonder like, if that counts for C E V though. It might not No, because but it's 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 a an it's Italian Federation thing, and they suspended him for seven days. What not heck? even like a, a one match. Like, like not a per match basis. It was seven days, which is just figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Volleyball. Figure it out. Makes no sense. All right. So that's about it for Poland as far as stuff that I saw over the weekend. Let's quickly talk about Germany. Now, Everett alluded to this match earlier, but we saw Lundberg get a big three to one win over Friedrichshafen and Everett. There was some a little bit of position switching going on there. Tell us what yeah. happened with the Lundberg lineup. Well, it's it's interesting, you know, because I've traditionally known my boys Anders Ketrzinski as a, an opposite. Then we saw him in the middle this summer, and I had to say I do like him in the middle. We did see Lucas Massa playing for the German national team at VNL in the middle, middle, and I know both you and I liked him in the middle. So this year they've, you know, we've had Ketrzinski in the middle, we've had Massa uh, on the right side. Um, and uh, I think Masa, uh, Masa had his uh, appendix taken out or, or something like that and was, was out for a little bit. And we had Ketchuki on the, on the right side. But this Saturday, it was all switched up. They had Boma 
uh, start on the right side. They brought Ketrzynski in early, and he was fantastic. And, hey, it led them to a nice 3-1 win, win over Friedrichshafen. And that puts them in second place in the weird kind of intermediate season that we've got, got in the Bundesliga right now. They're in, they're in second place, one game behind Berlin, who they take on today. So that is an absolutely massive uh, win by uh, or Lundberg, sorry, 19 points for Jordan Ewart in this one. He was 16 for 29, 14 for Aka Van Camp. I don't even know who must be, must be the Dutch guy. And another 14 for, for Ketrzynski. Masa was 7 for 11 in the middle. No errors, didn't get blocked. And just a bad day for Friedrichshafen on the other side. Uh, Nedeljkovic, uh, Alexander in the middle, led the match with 12 points. He had five blocks, which is huge um yeah everybody big. else on their team though must have just been miserably bad yes yeah, superlock was bad vicentine yeah. was bad stern was okay uh martinez some guy i've never heard of he was bad like andre brown wasn't even all that good yeah weird weird day for friedrichshafen yeah great for lundberg i agree with you i really like lucas massa in the middle i think that's where he he elevates totally like he, he jumps and you expect to re- him to reach his peak, and he keeps Goes going. a little bit higher, which is, I think, kind of a more valuable skill, especially as a big guy in the middle versus the right side. He, he's, he, he plays the game faster in the middle than he does 100%. on the right. Like, on the right, he looks like a big, lumbering seven-foot guy. In the middle, he looks fast. Yeah, I really don't like him much on the right. And I that's where he prefers to play from what I hear, but he just I mean, he doesn't have would, a great middle sucks. I mean, everybody knows middle it. Middle sucks. sucks. It, I hate it. Hundred percent. That's stuck it, there for it, ten it, years. It's the worst. Yeah, me too. Um, but like, he just doesn't hit the ball. Like his hand action isn't good enough. His swing, it's 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 a middle swing. It's, it's a middle swing. That, exactly. That's truly what it is. And his footwork isn't good enough. Like footwork from the opposite to the middle. Like. As as much as we we clown on opposites for kind of being the easiest spot, it is a difficult spot to play in, especially as a righty, like a right-handed player on on the right side. And I don't necessarily like him there. Where that is like a natural fit for Xander Ketrzinski. That's where he's played in the past couple seasons in pro. Um, you know, like last year he was in Austria for a bit in Serbia. Before that, he was um, in Qatar. You know, that's where he dummied UCLA that one year at the Can-Am while playing for Ryerson. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I, that's well, the first time I ever saw him. Like, dang, this 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 dude can this dude can fly. I liked him in that tournament. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's going to be interesting because you know, um, actually, big shout out to uh, Logan and Jackson who just dropped the Inside Scoop podcast. Um, they actually dropped their second episode today, so you might want to go check that out. Um, their first episode was with was with Jordan Snitzer and Xander Ketrzynski, and they talked about him playing on the on the right side, and he's not entirely sure where he wants to play. So it's going to be interesting to see. What happens this this summer with the Canadian national team? If he's even given a sniff to the A team and, and what's going on with with all of that, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see him. Is he going to continue in the middle? Is he going to play on the right side? I actually don't mind him in the middle. I think he's got some really good arm action. He just needs to learn the to read the game a little game. bit. Yeah, but but yeah, but ultimately big ups there by Lundberg. And if they could sneak, like once again, they have a win against Berlin as well. If they could sneak the only team to, to beat Berlin so far in this intermediate stage of the top four teams, if they could sneak another win against them, they could place themselves nicely um, to move on uh, in, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I still don't really understand this second phase of the medium regular season, whatever it is in the Bundesliga, but at least you get consistently like good matches between the best teams, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah. 
but even like i think that like it would make sense if it was kind of like they were playing for ranking to go to the semis but i think it still goes down to the quarterfinals like first is going to play the eighth place team yeah from what i understand hmm. we need for someone someone of the other uh germans the discord to to to, to break it down for us but yeah i have no idea how it works to be well, honest whatever yeah good for Lundberg. always a fun team to watch of course all right everett uh shall we focus our attention uh in the western hemisphere the rest of the show yes absolutely let's bring it over here so a uh, big weekend for myself and the Volleyball League of America. We had a record-breaking tournament in Chicago, uh, ridiculously long days. I think there were 43 matches played in the Central Division Cup tournament with 20 teams, biggest tournament we've ever thrown. But the Chicago Icemen win it. Uh, they host the tournament. They, um, uh, I mean, according to me and several other media idiots who like to clown on them for not getting it done in tournaments of this format they do win it in the finals they beat las vegas team nv three to two i think it was 15 12 in the fifth absolutely electric match crazy 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 tournament um go go rewatch the final seriously that, that was probably my favorite match i've called in vla history and that's that's saying a lot so uh great stuff great tournament for the vla really happy with how it went can we talk about the most important thing though uh-oh. And if you were a member of the Discord, a bunch of people tune in. Rob was a member of the Milwaukee what, what Milwaukee team? Uh, Milwaukee Dive. The, the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Dive. This, yeah. yeah, the good Milwaukee team. We've seen some highlights. He got featured <laughs> on the out of system page begging people to send me some clips. No one's answered. So, hey, booey doll of you guys won't send a clip of our boy here going to Spike Town wearing a Milwaukee jersey. Um, unfortunately I didn't, I wasn't around to watch it. Uh, I was, I was doing other things and then I just see the discord absolutely blowing up because <laughs> Rob St. Clair is getting it ready. He's who, who did you get to run the, the live stream for you? Uh, so we, we just had it set up, ready to go. Like, I think we, we had four matches going on at that point, but I made sure that my match started 15 minutes later so that I could set up all the live streams and then like get him started and then go play oh uh, yeah it was cool it was my my first win as a vla player uh, i played what did i do i think i played three matches last year for two different teams and i lost all of them uh so uh i mean for bad teams and playing out of position but i got to play a little opposite for milwaukee and i, I uh we we played really well one three zero and uh, i had an awesome time so uh yeah the what was match- what was the situation that led to you playing a bunch a bunch a bunch of injuries uh milwaukee Milwaukee was beat up like crazy and and they had uh so they they beat team nv like 15 13 in the fifth earlier that day uh and they they had to play every one of their guys in order to do so but their setter got hurt in the fifth their opposite took like 50 swings and and just needed a game off to survive the rest of the tournament and the the match that i played was for either first or second in that pool and either one was going to give them a good seed so they they rested a couple of their very few available guys and brought me in off the bench to play. So uh, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got a dub. Duh. Who would enjoy it? You know, <laughs> that's everyone's dream. You're getting called in, getting a few points of that. Um, so don't correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a rule that you can play for any team, right? That's correct. Yeah. It, written in the VLA roster regulations, like, cause there are a lot of rules about rosters and ability to, for players to move within teams, but there is an asterisk that says that none of these rules apply to Rob St. Clair because I'm the, the league wide emergency ringer at pretty much any position in case. I mean, usually if a team is desperate enough to pull me in off the bench, it's probably not going to go well for them, but at least I got to get a win this time. 
Yeah. So now, does this rule only come into effect when they need you to actually play? Because it would seem silly if they just like need an extra guy on the bench, like in in like maybe case. But like they like was it like, hey, we need you to play on the court. We need you to to be a guy for us. Right. Right. That that would that would be the only way that I that I would do it because otherwise I, I just have so many other things that I have to do at VLA events. Like if they said like, okay, you're starting this game and we need you to play every point. I'm like, all right, I'm in. Uh, what's funny is that they that Milwaukee, the same guys, they texted me later that night. They're like, hey, we could kind of use you for our later game tonight. But uh, because our middle isn't feeling so hot, we need you to play middle. And I said, well, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Not interested. Oh, <laughs> come on. You can't, you can't just, you know, bang a few quicks. Hit not a 30 anymore, dude. Two, not anymore. That, 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 not anymore. That, that All-American Middle Award is, is gaining a lot of dust on the shelves. That, that, was, that was a long time ago when I used to be able to All play that. All-American Middle in, 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 in men's club. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. I mean, I, that's fair. I have seen you put away beer, so that 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 does make sense. <laughs> probably probably a few pounds heavier for when you got that got that all all American middle. Hey, award. but but not anymore. Remember food poisoning? Great great trick for for weight loss. True, true. Are you, are you need to get to that that uh, um that suit tailored? You know, the nice nice tux tailored. Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe maybe, maybe I've slimmed down the last couple of days. Like is, is it a, is it a three piece suit for your wedding? No, I'm not a vest guy. I'm not a vest oh, come guy. Come on, it's your wedding. No, not a vest guy. Nor am I a bow tie guy. I, I'm a, a the two piece suit and traditional necktie guy. You'll you'll see. You'll see the photos. I, uh, actually, a month from today. A month from today is my wedding. Very excited. Oh, congratulations, uh, everyone in the chat. Let Rob know how you feel that I am not invited to the wedding. That's <laughs> I think I think that's one of the the biggest the biggest sh- shames of it all is that I will not be there. My uh, wedding is only twenty five people, but I, I think that I might need to fly ever down to commentate the ceremony. That would be electric. That that would be that would be <laughs> awesome. I would definitely take you up on that. But yeah, let let them know in the chat after this is done about what you think that I I don't get to, get to go because I do think that we talked about it this summer at the in the the VNL drunk cast with with Dan, and basically you told us that like if if you had done a traditional wedding and had so many people there that we would be invited. But and, and I, I and I stand by that. By the way, congrats to Dan. He just got engaged. Him and Kelsey just did, which is awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, like over that... the weekend, I think. That dude, I have been, I've messaged him so many times. Just been like, hey, man, how's it going? How you doing? Just, yeah. I just want to, I just want to catch up. We live in the same city. Let's go grab lunch sometime. <laughs> maybe, maybe a drink. You know, you only have 45 minutes for me. Sure. I just want to see your smiling face. Um, and, and he never, uh, never answers me. But yeah. I, I texted Dan today well. to congratulate him on the engagement, but didn't hear from him. He's, a, he's a tough guy to get a hold of. But yeah, good for our boy, 5 1 Dan. We sent him a selfie when we were in Austin together, too. Didn't get anything back. Yeah, brutal. Tough look. Brutal. Yeah. All right, Everett. Uh, spe- speaking of things in Toronto, like you were just saying, uh, big event for, for Canadian volleyball this weekend. Big event for you personally. It is the CCAA championships, both men's and women's. If, if I'm correct, the women are on the West Coast, but the yes, men yes. are right there in Toronto, correct? And you're going to be there? Yeah, I, I will be there. I'm not entirely sure if I'm filming yet because uh, Humber College has one of the most um, unorg- disorganized and unprofessional um, event staff that I've ever had to deal with. Um, my interaction with them on, on Instagram almost made me not want to go altogether. Wow. Uh, where the, I was like, because I've, I've been sending them emails. I sent them emails like over, like months ago being like, I'd love to be involved. I'm a commentator. Would love to you know grab some footage. Here's what I do. Nothing nothing at all sent multiple emails to multiple people contact coach and he's like yeah you're talking to the wrong people nothing contact them and he's like 
here's info is here and sends me a press release. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I know, I know how to answer a press release. I just wanted to see, you know, I love to film it. And they're like, Spe- press release usually have media information. Try giving it a read. Oh my God. Like story. <laughs> do you, do you not want the biggest, uh, biggest media outlet in the sport to come to this event? Because like, I could not go and go to the OUA finals on, on Saturday. Right. McMaster has, is welcoming me with open arms. I get to do whatever I want. I'm commentating some games. It's going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, well, I'm going to decide in the morning if I'm going to go because I'm a little upset. And maybe, hey, maybe I'll just go and, and get uh, get uh, clips and all of that of all the other games and just won't post anything about Humber. Um, although I would hate to do that because I do have a lot of love for Wayne Wilkins and I have a lot of love for for that that program in general. But man, Humber Athletics, figure it out. Figure you it guys out. are you guys are winning our Vero Voli Malonza uh, figure it out award of the uh, award of the week. But um, so. Th- a CCAA uh, national championships for our international view- viewers is, is college volleyball. And in Canada, we differentiate college from university. Um, college is, is more of like vocational. It's more of like what a community college, I guess, would be uh, in, in the United States. But the, vo- the volleyball is still pretty, it's still very, very high level. Um, a lot of international flavor, uh, a lot, um, quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it should be a great time. Um, quarterfinals going on tomorrow semifinals on thursday and the ccaa level they do a backdoor bronze if you lose the quarterfinals on day one you still have the ability to win a bronze medal oh that's kind of cool yeah but it used to be the worst thing ever so if you lost the semifinal on like on day two you would have to play first thing in the morning in a bronze medal semifinal and yeah, like a few years ago, I commented CCAA Nationals at, at Fanshawe and it was a terrible day because it's a, it's a long ass day. Like it's, it's, it's a long ass day. Uh, but this year they've made it a little bit longer. They do it in four days now. So Friday, it's only that B-side bracket. Um, and actually Friday instead, I'm going to be going to commentate uh, at the University of Toronto for the OUA men's fun, uh, bronze medal match uh, between Toronto and York to determine who goes to nationals. Uh, and then the bronze medal and, and final match is going to be going down on Saturday. So I'm super excited. Humber um, and Fanshawe representing uh, Ontario. You've got the Cuz Saints on uh, from the East Coast of Ontario, which is uh, Nick Hogue's, the only school that Nick Hogue ever played for in Canada. <laughs> um, playing here at Providence College of Manitoba. Briarcrest Seminary, uh, represent which I actually out of Saskatchewan represented representing Alberta, uh, and then you have Camosun and VIU. VIU is the women's uh, host, uh, representing from the West Coast out in BC. So I absolutely love CCAA volleyball. Um, I love to call it meathead volleyball because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And they use the molten ball too. And they oh, just, okay, nice. Yeah, they just chuck on it. They just take a chew on the ball, and I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, it, it, it should be a good time. I'm a former, I'm a product of the CCAA, both an, as an athlete and a coach. Uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be a good time, and uh, I'm going to go talk to whoever runs that Humber uh, account because, like, hey, you know what? Like, we've done like well over two million reach on Instagram, and if you don't want me to post about your event on Instagram, fine, I won't. Yeah, that, that that that's that's brutal. Figure it yeah. out, uh, media people. Yeah. Uh, Kim, are, are these games watchable anywhere? Is that an option? 
Ooh, um, yeah, that's a that's a good one. It, it'll be all for free too if if you Ooh. just search the CCAA uh, website, and we can link it in on the Discord as well. Because uh, yeah, definitely definitely going to be some good good games to watch. Uh, and then the OUA men's uh, quarterfinals, or sorry, bronze medal and final match will be uh, this weekend as well. On that note, to talk about you sports real quick, big shout out to uh, the other Sherbrooke team. Lots of winning going on at Sherbrooke. It used to be the deep, dark hole of Quebec volleyball. The Sherbrooke Vach et A won their back-to-back, uh, their second straight RCQ championship. They have clinched their position at Nationals along with Montreal, who will also be going. Um, Windsor and McMaster have also clinched from Ontario. Uh, they will be playing in the gold medal finals um, this weekend. And then on the West Coast, it's going to be a classic good old Alberta against Trinity in the finals with uh, Calgary, who's a surprise team in the Final Four, taking on Saskatchewan in that bronze medal for that third place to, team to go to Nationals. I will be at Nationals uh, at McMaster next week. We'll have full highlights from that. I'll oh, be commenting next some week. Really? It's that soon? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I'm, dude, I'm busy. I am busy the next little bit and sprinkling in some, uh, some coaching in there too. And actually, hopefully tomorrow I will be posting. I did a fantastic sit down interview with Dave Preston, the head coach of the master Marauders. This will be his final kick of the can with the Marauders after 21 years uh, of coaching and building one of the most prestigious programs in all of North American volleyball. Um, They will be hosting and, and anyone who's seen volleyball in the Burge knows how special of a place uh, it is, and he will be going down to Australia to coach the Australian men's national team full time. So make it's honestly one of my favorite podcasts I've, and interviews I've ever done. Uh, I got Preston on a Monday morning when he was in a good mood, uh, and we just sat and chatted ball for like an hour and a half. And like we didn't, we barely talked about nationals at all. It was about you know how he built the program, and you know we talked a lot about Australia. So that's definitely going to be one to to check out as well. Really cool, yeah. Really looking forward to it. Dave seems like a great guy. Yeah, it, he's 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 quite awesome. We we laughed and joked quite a bit how there's different versions of Dave Preston, and there's been times when I would you wouldn't even know that he and I know each other because of how curt he is with me. And then there's other times that you you know we're we're just boys. So luckily th- today was one of the times where we were just boys, and it was it was great to go down all the way down to, to Hamilton to to go interview him. And I know it's going to be. An emotional, wherever they they finish next week, I know it's going to be emotional time for for him and the rest of the Marauders faithful. Cool. So, yeah, great time for Canadian uh, college and university volleyball. A lot of good stuff. I'm sure we'll recap it next week. eh? Real quick, if you are a fan of this show and if you live in Ontario and you want to go to the U Sports Men's National Championships, I have five tournament passes that i'm going to be giving away Ooh. on the instagram account you're going to this is the first thing you hear about it now um so make sure you follow us on instagram because we're going to be doing some fun little things to give away some pa- some tournament passes for the U sports men's volleyball championships going on next thursday friday saturday at, at uh, mcmaster university in hamilton spicy spicy yeah should be good love that all right, boys and girls, I think that'll about do it for the show. Uh, I'm running out of gas. I, I need yeah. to go see if I can figure out how to how to eat a proper meal and keep that down. So we'll see how that goes. But um, it's been a great week of volleyball. There's Champions League this week. There's Champions League next week. There's CCAA. There's the last week of Italy this weekend. There's all sorts of great stuff going on. So join the Discord, as always, and uh, we'll t- talk about all the volleyball over there. And same time, same place next week for the show. Yep, absolutely. Can't wait. And if you... Uh... Oh, sorry. Two Jacks, you're right. Friday, Friday, Sunday 
is the U Sports Men's National Championship. So Next if you want to if you want to celebrate St. Patty's Day, come down and hang out at the Burridge with us. Sweet. Yeah. All right, dude. Make sure you go uh, get some rest, and we will see you all. Uh, next week also if there's anyone who wants to watch my camera during the uh, toronto versus york game because i will be commentating that would be awesome let me know two jacks i'm looking at you buddy hey hey love two jacks all right people thanks for watching see you next tuesday peace